Welcome to the Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health Podcast, where we talk about the clinical and practical issues that face those working in the mental health industry. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Barrier Breakdown. My name is Erin Molyneux-Bailey. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Cognitive Behavior Institute, and my co-host, Dr. Kevin Caridad, who is the CEO and owner at Cognitive Behavior Institute. This week on our podcast, we are super excited to welcome uh, Sister Kate of the Sisters of the Valley, otherwise known as the Weed Nuns on a mission to heal the world with cannabis. Uh, Sister Kate founded a nonprofit cannabis collective and opened for business in 2010. This is where she served cannabidiol medicine to local terminal patients. And during that time, she developed a line of C excuse me, teas, tinctures, and salves for patients to experience its healing effects without needing to smoke the cannabis. After four years of running the collection, collective, excuse me, Sister Kate began working exclusively with hemp and saw the need to share the safe, non-addictive, and non-psychoactive formulation of the medicine with more people who needed it. In 2014, she closed the collective, and in January of 2015, the Sisters of the Valley opened for business. So Sister Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to join us here today. We're very excited to have you with us. Thank you, Erin and Kevin. I really appreciate you reaching out to us. This is wonderful. Can you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about how you first began, began um, becoming interested in working with cannabis? I started a collective in the Central Valley of California in 2009, 2010. Um, and because I I didn't want to end up in jail. <laughs> I had a lawyer and the doctors on my board of directors to make sure that I would be protected. It was early times here. This town had no cannabis delivery service. And we were only allowed to set up the nonprofit collective and do it collective style. And, uh, and so I was just dealing with terminal patients. I'd been a businesswoman all my life and suddenly I'm delivering medicine to dying people. Only dying people are people with severe neurological disorders. That's all the doctors and the lawyer and everyone on my board was good with me serving at that time with the cannabis. So I was doing that. I felt like little Florence Nightingale taking my baskets of cannabis. And, and, and what happened is like one guy was a retired Air Force colonel and he asked me when I bring the medicine to bring him a pipe, a corn cob would be fine. And I'm like, ah, so I would, I, this is what I would deal with. And then I had to show him how to smoke it. And he, I remember with his cane, he went around and closed all the blinds in the house because he, he said, you know, I put people in jail for this. People have been in the brig. People are still in the brig for this. And then he insisted on smoking it out of a corn cob pipe. Then I had people who, <laughs> We're creating, you know, their own tin can bongs in their beds. So this was all making me crazy. I wasn't worried about getting shut down for delivering cannabis, really. I was worried about one of my patients torching themselves in their bed because I was providing no other way to get the medicine but the weed. So I naturally started making tinctures and I started making the salves came later, but the tinctures were a big hit, quickly became 15% of our sales. So quickly, 15% of the customers switched off smoking and just started taking it in tincture form and got the same results. That was the beginning of my journey towards cannabis in a non-smokable form. How did you transition to uh, 
kind of growing it and doing it yourself, kind of the farming end of it? The agricultural end of it, you mean? Thank you for clarifying. Yes, the agriculture. <laughs> I still don't do that alone. I always, uh, my secret, my secret sauce is local Mexican growers who have got it in the family genes, who have done this for a very long time. So I've never really done the growing alone. I've always had help from the brothers. So agriculture specialist, you have it. Got it. Right. That's wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about the products. Um, you know, I understand, we understand why you kind of switched over to the hemp, but tell us a little bit about those products and tell us a little bit about the, the people who, uh, who are purchasing those products. And are any of those people uh, using, using the products to find relief from anything related to mental health? Yes. Yeah, so first, let me say, we are not doctors. We are not scientists. We are humble farm women who just simply get the medicine from the ground to our kitchen, to the people. And we, we are very reluctant to give dosage or any medical information because that keeps us out of trouble, right? And since the beginning, we've been telling people, please don't stop seeing your doctors. They have all the cool tools to measure whether you're making progress or not, whether it's working for you or not. And so we're not, we try to like to be working with the doctors in the scientific community. We consider ourselves scholars and we consider ourselves women of science and not superstitious and silly. There's things about our ancestors we like, there's things we don't like. We try to reach for the things that make our walk with nature and with each other more graceful and more charming. But we're, the superstitions we're good with leaving behind and embracing science. So, so we know for fact, like for example, one man had a brain tumor and he uh, continued to take our tincture. The only thing he said he did for 90 days when he got diagnosed with the brain tumor is take more of our tincture. He took like a double dose in the morning and a double dose at night. And after 90 days, the doctor said it was shrinking and he should just keep doing what he's doing and there's, they weren't gonna interfere. We have that kind of story all the time. When people reach out to us, and over neurological things, we always tell them it's better for a neurological disorder that you have a more balanced ratio of THC and CBD. We know that through science. Um, but there are people in places around the world that can't get the THC. And that's why we founded, that's why I founded the sisterhood. Um, so basically, we can send our CBD to people around the world. And the CBD has trace amounts of THC. We learned through experience, don't take away all the THC, because then you're going to get side effects like headaches and things. And the, the CBD isn't going to work as well. So for people in, around the world who can't get THC, they can order our oil and they can mitigate some of that neurological shaking and problems through the little bit of THC, the microdosing in the CBD and with the CBD, because I think that also does something. And I hate even talking about CBD, especially with your kind of audience, because it's, it's more than CBD, it's CBG and CBDA, and there's all kinds of compounds now that are in there. And we don't really understand how they're helping neurological disorders, but we know that's the number one thing that it does help with. So that's the feedback that you're hearing. Very cool. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. And um, I guess one of the other things that I kind of wanted to talk about was, you know, how was your, how have you been impacted by COVID? And what are some of the things that, um, that you kind of have planned on the horizon? 
Okay, well, COVID has been hard on our sales, but I think every small business, and when we don't have a, a, a thriving economy, when our economy is suffering, we all suffer. So, uh, um, I mean, we're struggling along, but I don't think it's going to put us under, but it's been tough, and we've had to put projects on hold that are close to our heart that we very much want to start up. Projects like we, start, we started mixing our own mushroom coffee. We, we basically tried other mushroom coffees, and we decided that we really wanted something that was like a super mood stabilizer. And so none of the mushroom coffees had ashwagandha root, which is important to us. And none of them usually had more than three or four different mushroom, functional mushrooms. So we created something that we call the Super 17 that has six fun functional mushrooms plus ashwagandha based on a, a high quality English breakfast tea and cocoa, uh, cold pressed cocoa as the base. So we started, we launched that in August. We're doing quite well with that. We purposely chose not to put CBD into it, even though coffee companies are calling me all the time, asking me how to put CBD in their coffee, because we have a global international sisterhood. And during the pandemic, where for six years, we were happily shipping worldwide. There was no country that was blocking us. Suddenly during the pandemic, we were blocked from 14 countries which made our sales, our international sales were 20% and they dropped to 3%. So sort of in responding to that and into the fact that international sales were dying during COVID, the sisters were getting crazy from the lockdown. And we had an ex-Catholic nun here with us for like three years and three months into COVID, she just stole a car and ran away. And we still don't know where she is. <laughs> so, so, you know, it was at that point that I went, ladies, we have to get serious. The weed isn't doing it. We have to find some other way of making sure no one's rails go off the track during this pandemic. And we got serious about studying mushroom coffees and we ended up creating our own. Now we order the finest ingredients from around the world, but we would like to grow our own mushrooms. So we've, we have to start creating the micro environments and that's what we, that's where we bought, we've, we've invested in a big cargo unit that's all temperature controlled and all ready for us. And we, we have to move it and get that going. So we have projects to do, but sales has to move a little better before we can do some of those. Gotcha. Now, any of these mushrooms psychoactive? No, um, I mean, we're big fans of psilocybin and we're right near San Francisco where they just decriminalized it. Um, and on the West Coast where it isn't difficult to get. And we're fans of it, especially for dealing with uh, anxiety and mood disorders and reprogramming your old patterns of thinking. But no, we're not doing that. We're just doing the regular tiger's tail and lion's mane and the non-psychoactive form of mushrooms. Can you tell me how the impact of all this media coverage that you've had lately, uh, has there been an impact from it and how so? Well, I mean, I, the, I think that Corinne, the, the young woman who wrote the story in Rolling Stone did an amazing job for us because it attracted people like you. If she would have treated us silly, I wouldn't be here talking to you. So I thought she did an amazing job, but we were irritated that the editors made the headline healing the world one joint at a time. Uh, the, the media is both a blessing and a curse to us. Like a, a true scientific study finally happens and they determine that using CBD might prevent getting the COVID infection. And before I know it, I see headlines that say that the weed nuns participated and created this study. We had nothing to do with this study. The media asked us for a comment, we gave a comment. So the editors are careless. They're careless with the healing the world one joint at a time. And 
sisters sanctioned their study. It wasn't our study. The poor scientists must, must be cringing. Um, it's not our study, and but we're we're so happy that the science is is embracing it seriously and studying it, and the media is a blessing and a curse because I always say dealing with the media takes more faith than the whole Catholic Church because we never know if the story is ever going to see the light of day or if that documentary trip is ever going to see the light of day or if the story is going to be good or if the story is going to be bad. I once had a Norwegian newspaper send somebody. And it was a very odd visit because she just wanted a picture of me in the sunlight. And they put my wrinkled face on the front of their page of their newspaper, a magazine saying that this is what happens when, when you smoke weed, you get wrinkled and old before your time. So <laughs> it's always a crapshoot. Never know what you're going to get. Sounds like these editors need to go to confession. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, keep us, yeah, we look forward to hearing more about the coffee. Uh, and uh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, I was on the mushroom coffee. A normal <laughs> cup of coffee has about 90 milligrams of caffeine. A decaf cup has about 10 milligrams of caffeine. Ours has 30 milligrams. So our next thing we'll be developing like a nighttime, no caffeine, cocoa mushroom drink, probably. And also we have to get... We have to create some special oil drops for pets because yes. ours has um, ours has blood orange flavoring in it, and that's not friendly for pets. So we have to do something a little different. So that's probably what we're going to be working on this year as well as getting our mushroom operations going. We look forward to hearing more about that. I know a couple of dogs that would uh, utilize that. And if Erin wanted to buy some coffee, where would she find it? Online? Oh, sistersofthevalley.org, yes. If you don't have a frother wand, we have a kit that we sell, like a starter Ooh. kit where you get your frother wand with it. Oh, Outstanding. I, like I, like I highly recommend oat milk. Okay, with the frother. With the uh, mushroom coffee. It just works real well. Oh, sounds very natural. I like that. Sounds like a good combo. Um, very cool. And uh, I guess, is there any, I know we talked about misconceptions, I'll say, when it comes to the media and things of that nature, but are there any misconceptions that you would kind of like to, you know, clear out, I'll say, you know, clear uh, that people may think when they're, they're looking for these kind of products related to mental health? Um, well, you won't feel a drug test from taking any of our products. I mean, we, we do everything by the cycle of the moon for a reason. We make our medicine from new moon to full moon. And then in the next two weeks, we're sending it off to the lab to be tested before it ever moves out of the kitchen into shipping. We're guaranteeing that through our test labs that the amount of THC that's in there and that it's far like a 10th of the minimum needed to register on a drug test. So you can't get high from it. And I think that's most people's number one worry to the medical community, I'd say they're all coming along. I mean, they, they're the doctors, the law enforcement, at least in California, now treat, uh, even when we have people freak out, they're more likely to say it's a mental illness than they are to say, oh, you loser druggy. So there we are going through some changing times where I, I can feel like, you know, science is starting to really pay attention. Law enforcement is starting to understand the difference between uh, mental issues and just overt, you know, carelessness. Uh, so I think we're living through some interesting times and I think people should be really open to thinking about plant-based medicine, especially if they're dealing with any addictions or they're having to use pharmaceuticals. 
very good. And how many total sisters do you have currently? Well, we had, when we're going into the pandemic, we had 22 sisters and eight brothers worldwide, but uh, pandemic really shook our tree. So now we're down to like 18 sisters and four brothers. And that was because a lot of people just had to uproot and go off and take care of family members mainly gotcha. uh, who couldn't be out. People with immune, immunocompromised systems and some people retired, one Catholic then just freaked out and ran away. We I had some, some revolt at a second enclave and run away. People are insane. Mushroom coffee and wood stabilizers are really important in these troubling times. But we have a very good solid core of people and I'm very pleased with the group that we do have. And we're looking forward to growing, especially in the countries now that we've been prohibited of shipping into like Canada and France. I mean, I don't think we're gonna set up in Russia or in Istanbul anytime soon, but Canada and France are within our, within our sites. Yeah, and you, you are able to ship worldwide except you know, for those countries that those, we have 14 restricted countries, but otherwise, we yes, we ship worldwide and we have a fair amount of customers in England, mm-hmm. Australia, and New Zealand, as well as other countries. I mean, we've shipped everywhere. Wonderful. Well, I hope that we can help spread the word. Um, I hope you can too. It's really nice of you to, you know, have me on such a serious sort of podcast. I'm used to less serious top forums from my California colleagues in this industry. So this has been very refreshing and I appreciate it. And if you ever want me to come back, I'll be happy to. Oh, we plan on staying in touch. Absolutely. We've got to know more about the the mushroom, the coffee, and all the other things that you guys are going to be creating. So I I hope that we can have an ongoing relationship. Yeah. The next call is while we're drinking the mushroom coffee. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. We could drink. Yeah, we could do like a review while we're on our. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Taste test. Yes. I like. If you send me your addresses, I'll send you some. I'd be happy to. Oh, we you don't have do. to go online and buy it. We'll just send you our little starter individual packets. But if you want the whole frother kit and stuff, then go online and order. Sure. sure. Okay. Cool. And for anyone who orders, don't forget the oat milk is the right. Yeah, milk. Well, everybody makes their own. So some of some of the sisters, we like oat milk, but you know, people might like it with their cow's milk. We're not offended by that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. All right, much. thank you all. Thank Good you luck. Yes, we appreciate it. And we hope to talk to you soon. And thank you uh, to our listeners for tuning in to, uh, to this episode this week. And we all hope that you uh, continue to stay safe and healthy. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. Listeners can find all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. For more information and to learn about upcoming continuing education events, check out our website, cbicenterforeducation.com, our Facebook pages, Cognitive Behavior Institute, and CBI Center for Education, as well as our Instagram at Cognitive Behavior Institute, and our Twitter at CBI underscore Pittsburgh. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We hope you'll tune in for another guest next week.